Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Edward Cheney, the founder and CEO of Canafil, a manufacturer of CBD-infused products for human and pet consumption. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods for alternatives and complements to conventional medical treatment. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Welcome, listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. I'm your host, Ed Cheney. Founder and CEO of Canafil CBD, I'm here with my lovely co-host, Kimberly Rose. Hello, everyone. We have a special guest today, Erin Newcomb. Hi. Erin, welcome to the show, and thank you for making time for us today. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm excited. You are so welcome. Erin is a director of operations for Desert Valley Testing, which is a premier testing site here in Arizona. She is a professional with a passion for business success. Erin joined the Desert Valley uh, testing team in 2015 and the Desert Valley testing team opened its doors in 2014 and is dedicated to the testing of cannabis products and and its staff is very talented. I've watched you guys over the years, very talented. Now they have a belief that the education of why testing is important is a group effort and Desert Valley testing is motivated to be a leader within that idea. Uh, they also believe in the ethical, accurate, and, d- and data combination with making sure the patients receiving the data understand it, which is why we think highly of them. So, really happy to have Aaron representing Desert Valley Testing here today. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I think that hits it on the head. Um, when you are thinking about test results, one of the words that comes to my mind is the transparency. And that goes all the way from the lab to the company that you're purchasing your CBD from to the end consumer. You need to know all the way what's going on with what you're ingesting. Right, because you're ingesting it. Yeah. I, yes, absolutely. And those who are doing this, it's, uh, it's a great credit to... Uh, the manufacturers because they are willing to be transparent at a cost too. This is not a cheap thing. Anyway, well, today we will be discussing what you need to know to understand your cannabis testing report, which is commonly called a COA, referred as a certificate of analysis. So let's just jump right on in and start with what the heck is a COA and can we help you understand how to read it? Yeah. All right. So um, we're, we're going to take the approach this way where Kimberly, uh, who has lots of time behind the counter talking with customers, will try to be the voice of a customer, an end user, and Aaron then will be our uh, local expert. Okay. I can do that. I love and that. I'll be in the middle just... Yeah, just moderating. Erin, <laughs> um, what do you say to, what, what are the big basic sections of a COA? So the things that I will initially always recommend people look for is going to be that the laboratory that tested has their information on it. Um, if there is any vagueness in a CO of A, it is not necessarily um, a good thing. You want to have all of the information right in front of you. Back to that transparency word. So it doesn't matter where um, it is actually being tested, but that they are actually giving that information. So any lab result is going to have all of the laboratory information on it. It should. It should also have who actually was doing the analysis itself, because that is an identification that somebody 
actually took the time with this specific sample. Um, so again, just on the lab side, you want to have those two identifiers. Beautiful. The next thing that I look at is the amount of testing that was done to it. So when we think about testing, there are a couple different portions. The biggest being the potency results, which is going to be what the label says that it has and verifying that that is. And then there's the safety results that will come along with it. And so depending on whatever product it is or what state it is, um, you know, you may have test results on a starting product that is going to be used in the manufacturing of an end product. And then you may have test results for just the end product itself. Um, so that's what I would actually be looking at is the potency. And then if there were any safety tests being done. You know what, Aaron? Congratulations. That was that was shared really intelligently. I think breaking a test down into those two sections are great for our listeners to hear. Yeah. So my first question is, what is that? The safety part. What? What? what where does that fall into the the report? Right. So when you're thinking about safety, we're thinking about contaminants, something that isn't necessarily in the plant itself or coming from, you know, just the, the starting material. So that would be any solvents that are made in the manufacturing process. And we call those residual solvents because in the process of, you know, just depending on what you're doing, um, you may be introducing solvents and generally you'll try and purge those out. And so there is nothing left in there, but there may be residuals. And so you may see residual solvents on a report, um, that's letting you know that we are looking for those specific chemical compounds in a very, very low trace amount. Some of them are um, a little bit more harmful to your health than others. And some of them is, you know, um, we, we actually did a study a couple years ago where we ran children's Tylenol. And that actually had more alcohol content than some of the CBD products that we see on the wow. market. Um, and so when when you're kind of, you know, keeping into that, alcohol is not necessarily a bad thing. You can ingest, you know, a higher amount of that than something as detrimental as like a benzene or something that's more harmful to us. Um, but when you're looking at the residual solvents, those are going to kind of um, just give you a combination of all of that. So we're looking for an array. Uh, Desert Valley testing currently tests for 19 of those compounds. And so that will actually show up all on your report. Depending on whichever lab results you have, they may kind of have, you know, some or the other. But every C of A should actually list the compounds that they have tested for um, and have a very comprehensive breakdown for the end consumer. So when you look at your test results, if you're looking at the RS or residual solvents or solvents aspect, um, you should be looking at those compounds and then looking at what they actually tested for. Right. Um, one of the biggest things on this is how it is quantified for the end consumer. So you'll see on results the PPM. So generally, if you're not in the science world, you may or may not know what that stands for, but that's parts per million. So we are looking at very, very trace amounts. You know, if you think of it as money, $1 versus $1,000 out of a million is, you know, quite a big difference. Significant. Yeah. Yes. And so that's going to be the same for residual solvents. Okay. And so then what does the NT mean in that column? So if it is showing NT, generally that means it's not tested. 
Okay. So because of a lack of regulations, there is not a requirement that has you test everything for everything. Um, and so that is going to be where my suggestion to the end consumer is knowing your CBD products, knowing the product that you're using. Um, if a company that you are using does not have or um, doesn't provide you with the test results, maybe you should look for one that does. Yes, definitely. Right. And let me let me go back and uh, share a thought with uh, residual solvents. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I love this part of the test because for our listeners, for our end users, uh, it has two pieces that are extremely valuable to you. One is was did did, did a solvent enter into this product during the growing or the the extraction process? Mm-hmm. But two, all the way to the manufacturer, if a manufacturer finds. Uh, a solvent that has showed up, then it's possible somewhere in the lab or in the fulfillment center there's cross-contamination and they are forced to address it. We had something as simple as we cleaned a dish with an alcohol wipe and then that showed up on the test and we we're like, wow, we're all freaked out going. So it was super helpful for, uh, for all parties mm-hmm. to immediately be identified that you have a safety concerns that needs to be addressed. Boom, the power of a COA for our end consumer. Yes. And that that goes to the quality control aspect. Um, I I love that you actually brought that up. You are not the first person that running a residual solvent test has found a minor hiccup in an operation in terms of cleaning or a specific product that they use. Because solvents are volatile, which means that, you know, the longer they stay, the more they evaporate Mm -hmm. for, you know, most most of the time anyways. Um, So because they're volatile, there are certain timelines that you can use, you know, alcohol or a type thereof to clean. However, there's a waiting period that we have to then um, before we actually uh, will move along so it doesn't have any sort of transference. Love it. Love it. It, That was probably the best learning experience uh, was the relationship I had with the testing facility so that when hiccups did happen, they could clearly point me there quicker. But I know this this is a conversation about uh, about uh, manufacturers. We want to stay on consumers. Um, what other safety tests would show up? Yeah. Um, so there are array, an array of t- safety tests that you can do. Um, currently, in Desert Valley Testing, we are running for not only the residual solvents, but we analyze for metal components. So we are analyzing for four of those compounds, lead, cadmium, arsenic, and mercury. Um, we are also analyzing for 60 different pesticide compounds. And those are really what's going to, you know, pesticides and metals are what can be introduced in the growing process. And so, again, with this quality control check, we have to make sure that from the starting material, we don't have anything that then can contaminate the end result. Good, good. The um, I'm going to ask this question to both, but we'll, let's start with uh, Kimberly. Kimberly, most common questions that you get from consumers when they are looking at a test, a COA. Well, I mean, obviously, they're definitely going to look at the the. The amount of CBD. The potency section of right, the test. Right, right. They're mm-hmm. looking at that. Um, and they get a little confused right in the, the MG slash ML column where, uh, on this specific test that we're looking at. They're like, what does that mean, 38.29? Right. Um, so when you're looking at the columns and how it's broken down on the C of A, they will usually have a um, 
type of broken down for how you're going to ingest it. So in this case, um, if we're looking at something that is a liquid form, that's going to be in milliliters. If it is something that is a weight specific, so not liquid, that's going to be in milligrams per gram. And so that tells you that per milliliter, that's how much potency you have. Per gram, that's how much potency you have. Then you'll also see a column that either has milligram per bottle or milligram per unit. Those are really common things that you'll see on C of A's. And that is actually a calculation of what the total bottle should contain. So that's where you're going to check your label claim. Right. Okay. So that portion should be matching the label claim in terms of the broken down milligram per gram or milligram per milliliter. That's helping you with your actual dosing. Gotcha. It is. And let me help you because sometimes uh, I've seen lab reports where they do not provide the milligram per container. Uh, but it's super easy for you to make that determination on your own if they've given you a milligram per milliliter and you're looking at a 30 milliliter bottle. Right. So then you simply just multiply that number by 30 and you've arrived at what? your container quality uh, right. container quantity is. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that if there's not a milligram per bottle or milligram per unit or per container on the C of A, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It could just mean that as the supplier, they may have different size bottles available. And so when they are testing, they may have a 15 milliliter bottle available and a 30 milliliter bottle available. And so what it comes down to is that the, it's the consistency between that, and that would still be consistent between your doses it does okay. make sense yes that was a good that was a good one because I was uh, that I had a customer say which column am I actually looking which one should I pay attention most to and I said well both of those columns are important because you want to know what your daily dose will be right and you also want to make sure that what's on the label is what's in the bottle so thank you, because uh, I, I just wanted to bring that out. I, I know I told my customer that, but I'm not really sure she was getting it. I think the math is where everybody just starts going, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Right, yeah. right. Simplifying things in terms of how it pertains to them is always uh, the most beneficial um, in terms of what I've seen just from my client communications. And, um, you know, as a lab, we actually do have people call in and verify test results. And I'm always happy to receive those calls because I know that they are sharing the information and it, it is actually getting to the end user. And the fact that they are comfortable enough to reach out to the lab and get their clarification that they need is wonderful. Yes, yes. That is one thing we did. We were able to say in the previous episode make sure that all the information for the lab yeah. is on the result. We're, we're likely going to talk, have that little conversation in, a little bit fuller too, but let's keep, we'll keep going down the list. Uh, there is commonly a pass or fail on some testing. Mm -hmm. And maybe some of our listeners would might like to hear, well, what is that? What does that mean to them? Um, so pass or fail is really going to be down to the regulations. Okay, so um, because Arizona, and we are an Arizona-based lab, we have not tested on there um, or, you know, or not detected. There's no pass-fail, so we are quantifying things for you. Um, if you see a pass-fail, that generally has to go with whatever the state limitations that the lab is being held to, and they have to report it as at a specific 
you know, time, just depending on what those regulations are. And so, um, you know, with that, you, you may or may not see the pass fail. In regulated states, you will. In unregulated states, you won't. That makes sense. Thank okay. you for clearing that up. And then, I, I, so let's get to that topic now. Legitimate test or fake test? Uh, so you've shared some of the things, uh, but as we wrap up this particular section, what should they be looking at? Uh, maybe just we'll go there a little bit more, and then your feelings on fake and legitimate tests. I'm sure you have. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have had this come up, and yeah. um, you know when we do have people reach out, I get to see how people have altered our results. The fact of the matter is, is that if anything is altered on a certificate of analysis, it is no longer valid. Um, you know, and with that, and that's why it is important that you reach out to the labs and that it has the laboratory information on there so you can make sure that it's not being altered. Um, because we are still in a very unregulated industry, there are people that will take to it to create a fake result so they can provide it to their customers. And unfortunately, that is something that as the end user, you have to be aware of. And so while you are looking at results, the ones that I have seen that are edited, you can actually tell they're edited. Okay. Okay. Um, the font is different. It's not lined up correctly. The um, testing date or the um, reported date just don't match up quite right. Some people are better than others, so I can't say that everyone is going to be a glaring error, but that's also why you want to trust the brand that you are going with. Yeah. So if they only have a test result from three years ago, they probably aren't testing as frequently as you need them to. Right. Yes. The, um, uh, the, I also noticed that on some, uh, I see signatures, on some I do not. I see lots of testing report numbers and report dates. Uh, would you then uh, share, is it the best idea just to call? I, you know, I always recommend if you have any sort of concern um, or unsureness, Stop. reach out to the lab. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what we're there for. Um, you know, I have a great client relations team that is there answering the phone and making sure that our clients and the consumer of our clients' products um, are able to know what's going on. I, I have not called a testing center yet in these four years that they weren't happy to provide this information. Well, a lot of people, I think, don't know that they can do that. I bet and you're they right. also yeah. don't know that they can ask for test results. Um, you know, there are. Uh, most people that are testing frequently will put them right in front of your face because they're proving that they have that quality control. Yeah. But ask if you don't receive. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Good. Yes. Okay. Wonderful information. Here we are now. We're starting with understanding what a test is and how to read it. Uh, Kimberly is making wonderful notes and we'll put this whole tutorial on our website at canafil.com to help remind everybody about this great content for today. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break and then we come back we're going to talk about the current trends as it uh, relates to testing and that testing environment. Okay. Okay. So after this break we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Live authentically. Heal naturally with Canafil. 
We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at canafil.com. That's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L.com. Now back to the CBD Ed Show. All right, listeners, welcome back. Okay, we are talking about cannabis testing. Trying to give you the information you need to know to be able to read one of those. Um, we were talking during the break, and it seems like there's one more piece of information to pass on to you regarding calling in to verify a test. Kimberly Rose had a great question. Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, as the consumer, when you have your test in front of you and you're making your phone call, what information do you need to have to give to the lab so they can pull up the report? Yeah, absolutely. That is a super important piece of information because we have to be able to look up in our system what it is. And there is an associated number with every sample that comes into a laboratory. And so on the C of A, you will either have a laboratory number or a sample number that is associating a report to our system. And so that's the most important information that you actually need to take off of that. Everything else we can help you with. Okay, great. Good question. Yeah. Uh, now let's go behind the scenes a little bit, and let's uh, let's talk about that uh, the the uh, the laboratory space itself, um, because that is also a fairly new uh, business space. Right. Right. I, like 2014 is when they really started to become part of the system. Right. So um, currently in Arizona, Desert Valley Testing is the oldest lab that is still operational. Um, there were a few labs that opened up, you know, a year or two before us, but have since closed okay. their doors. And so, um, you know, what we're seeing, and I've been with Desert Valley for five of those six years. And so I have definitely seen the evolution in this industry and just how much um, we are growing in terms of knowledge. I think what we're seeing now is everybody is more knowledgeable of what they are looking for, including the end consumer. Um, You know, five years ago, 
nobody was honestly looking at the test results the way they are now, or even knowing that they could ask for them, or having a show to explain exactly right. how to read a C right. of A. Um, you know, the fact that we are sharing this knowledge and we are growing in that aspect um, is something that I, on the positive side that I am seeing in the testing space. Definitely, definitely. That's good to know. And, and let me share what I, in my, and, and the way I want to share it is when I go into the testing facility, you know, to get a uh, to get a little tour, it's incredible how high tech it is. Very high tech. Some of the machines, listen, they lost me about halfway through the presentation of it. Uh, but I am awed by how technical, how massive the production of a test really can be. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you stated at the beginning that this is a group effort, and that really comes into it. We have different sections handling so we can really focus and make sure that we have the best people handling the samples in the best manner. And so we have extraction departments, sample receiving departments, a microbial department, somebody specifically for pesticides, somebody specifically for residuals and terpenes and cannabinoids. And so, um, you know, while you are looking at one piece of paper, there's a lot that is going into mm. it. Um, you know, every test that is run is run on a different piece of instrument. So I, I became um. <laughs> aware of that and, and extremely impressed with, again, how high tech it was. Yeah, it's it's very cool. Yeah. I, um, you know, I my background was more in the administrative side of things. And so joining Desert Valley, I really had to absorb all of the science mm. knowledge around me. and. I found out that I really liked it. So <laughs> I could tell. It's fascinating. <laughs> I could tell when I was in your your office the other day and how uh, I was kind of listening in on the conversations you guys were all having about testing. And yes, I could see the passion. Uh, it was very obvious. Um, so, with with the current trends of today, how how excited are you about the processes or the standards or the technologies that are in place today that weren't in place four years ago? Um, you know, very much. So specifically, Desert Valley has um, a lot of expansion that's happening in 2020. And that has to do with the regulations that are also happening in Arizona specifically. So back to, you know, whatever your state is, you're going to see how your labs are forming themselves. So us specifically, we have um, needed to readapt our CFAs and add in more information. And it's getting more technical. And there are more things that we have to keep in line and quality controls that the lab is having um, to just better the industry as a whole. Um, part of the issue, I would say, with testing is the lack of regulation between labs. And so it can be very, very hard for an end consumer or even a manufacturer if they are going between two different labs to see consistencies. Um, there is something that is called a scientific deviation, and you could have a 20% fluctuation in science data that that is unavoidable and it is acceptable in the science world and that's hard to actually look at on the end consumer being you know looking at 12 different labs are they operating the same instrumentation are they operating the same methodology probably not every lab's methodology is proprietary to them and so there's a lot of extra that goes into the backside. Okay. With regulations, the more certifications that your lab holds, the more tightly looked at their operations are. So when I'm looking at labs, 
I'm looking for ISO certifications. That is an international regulatory body that comes in and audits your system top to bottom as a laboratory, making sure that everything is documented the way that it is supposed to. Um, And then followed through in the operational point of it. So ISO certifications and the certifications that you see in your laboratory are definitely important in terms of what their operations look like as a whole. Um, There are still a lot of laboratories and C of A's that are floating around um, that may not have the same criteria as some of these bigger players or people that are actually being looked at and focused in a lot more. Yeah, Yeah. that, well, that, I have one question. (laughs) So in looking at all the different certificate of analysis that I get in the store, because I don't only have Canafil, I've brought in other manufacturers. They're all different. I mean, would would you be as a consumer, um, let me ask this question, is it better to have a four-page report? Is it better to have a one-page report? I, a lot of them go, well, th- look at this one I have, and, and it's just bare minimum information right. on it. So this is going to go back to the potency versus safety testing. If you have a multi-page report, it was probably a full panel. And what that means is they tested everything they could possibly test on it, um, and and all of that information is displayed. If it is a four-page report that all says not tested, then... Probably not worth the four pages. (laughs) Um, So again, it just kind of depends. There are a lot of ifs. Yeah. That when it comes to this, which is unfortunate. So again, look at it as long as it has that lab information, touch base with the lab. Okay. Every reputable lab that I know of and have been in contact with or have associations with, they all have what DVT has as a setup with a client relations touch point. And so they are happy to answer those questions. We'd rather you know the answers. Okay. Now, I, I heard that there, you know, there are differences in, in the way each lab might process. Uh, you even term that correctly. I'm sure I'm not. Uh, but there is also, because I, I'm positive that consumers can look at multiple tests from multiple manufacturers or multiple products and wonder why there is such a, a disparity between them. Uh, and I think it's not only that. Isn't there other things like the standards? Aren't the standards, are they state or are they federal? So it depends on what you're actually doing. So there are national standard places that you can get your calibration standards from, and that's where they should be sourcing them from. Any laboratory should have so much documentation on the standards themselves on what they are calibrating their instruments for. The biggest thing that I see in variations on test results, and this is something that you normally can see, um, a lot of test results will say the type of instrumentation they are being run on. Mm. Um, Our old reports did not have this information, and our new reports, now that we are more regulated, um, actually have added in that information so you can see the type of instrumentation that was done. The biggest variation that I see between lab to lab results doesn't have to do with the scientific deviation, but more the instrumentation that is being done. Because there are sensitivity levels that go hand in hand with each of these instruments. And so if they are not calibrated or able to quantitate down low enough, it may show not detected. Doesn't mean that it's not there. It just means that that lab didn't see it on their method. And so when you are comparing, I would 
be conscious of the fact that it's run on the same type of instrumentation and sensitivity. Okay. Okay. One other question. Uh, sometimes when I go to a website, I will see uh, three or four different lab reports. Mm -hmm. Tell me your thoughts on that. You know, I would say that from if it's, different labs, I, yeah, this if is so clear. <laughs> if it is all run on the same batch, then that is somebody doing their due diligence to test around. Um, I I don't necessarily think that is a bad thing. I think that as a consumer, the more information we have, the better it is. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. However, I do think that it can pose a little bit of an overwhelmness that happens to the consumer when there's so much information laid in front of them. And so I would just try and break down those reports. What does the potency look like? What does the safety look like? Maybe those reports, maybe one lab did safety and the other one did something else. So deciphering and knowing how to look at those, I think, is going to be the biggest thing. Okay. So listeners, maybe if you see that happening, look to see, use your, use your intellectual, intellectual approach to discern whether somebody's being thorough or somebody's shopping. Because with a variety of, of uh, results... You know, I, I've seen it play out where manufacturers will shop for the, the best report, um, banking on the, the differences. Anyway, um, let's move to uh, ratio of testing centers. And are they meeting uh, today's standards? Oh, goodness. This <laughs> is, I feel like this is a loaded question a little oh. bit. <laughs> um, you know, I think, so currently... Uh, Desert Valley Testing is the only Arizona certified laboratory. The state has just started certifying labs, and so I'm sure that number will increase. Without regulation, it's really hard to say that people are meeting standards. This is a oh, good point. You know, and I, so I, um, I know that in Arizona, we have the Arizona Cannabis Laboratory Association, which is all of us wonderful lab head people um, meeting up to make sure that we're all on the same page and we are sharing issues or just kind of working out those kinks together to make sure that at least in Arizona we're doing our best um, and so you know with that I can't say that I know every um, state and everyone that they have to offer but from what I do see yeah when you look at regulated states the labs that survive regulation are doing a great job that makes sense I think manufacturers are going to be exactly the same when regulations hit exactly the ones who survive it are going to be the ones you can count on mm -hmm. yeah good. that's a good answer okay yeah. quick question if you are buying a product and the lab result is it common for you just for manufacturers to send their stuff to be tested to another state or should you always be in the same state as um, the you know, we have tons of out-of-state clients. Okay. Yep. Um, it is, it's not uncommon to see from out-of-state. It could be that they don't necessarily have a good feeling about any of the labs in state. It could be a lack of labs in state. There are several states that don't have any labs, but there are products that need testing. And so there is a catch-up game that's kind of going on in the testing world. There are some that have regulations, and now there's an abundance of laboratory options, like California. Um, you know, I mean, but generally, they're going to be a little bit higher, too, because they're regulated. And so pricing, shopping, you know, there's, there's yeah. a lot of things that kind of go into it. So it's not uncommon to see it out of state 
certification. But again, you're looking at those quality factors. Is the lab that they're testing at regulated on some point? Do they have internal stuff? How transparent are they? Okay, good. Thank you. You know, they, um, there's also, uh, with you being in this space for as long as you've been, Erin, there's, um, I'm sure, plenty of great stories, uh, both good and bad. Uh, I know I, I've easily been in this industry for, you know, four years now at least. And I remember what it was like four years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, just, you know, for... For sharing with our listeners, just so they keep an eye out for stuff like this, or just pure entertainment. Yeah. You know, the, as the cannabis industry has evolved over the last four years, you have any stories you'd like to share? Uh, you know, when I first joined Desert Valley, I think I had the shocker of all time happen to me. And it kind of ties in with what you said earlier on manufacturers shopping around to find a lab that will give them a high test result. Yeah. I had some people, um, I I think it's happened to me about three times where someone has flat out asked me if they could pay more for a higher (laughs) test result. I kid you not. This is something that, you know, maybe used to happen quite often. Maybe it does still happen. That's a nightmare for me. It's not something that any good laboratory is going to do for you. (laughs) But it is something that you have to be aware of. So on these C of A's, if you don't see that lab information, if they don't answer the phone when you call or they don't get back to you, if maybe... They aren't the best lab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that is scary, yeah. but does not surprise me. Not at all. Unfortunately not, uh, right? Uh, oh. Yeah. Now I've helped uh, Kimberly, because um, she does a really good job of vetting any products that come into uh, the Canafel retail store. Uh, because you know there's some customers that want things that are outside of what Canafel provides. So we do a really good job and I have helped her evaluate many of C of C of A's. And I've certainly run across a few that just makes me chuckle. Um, well, I, I, th- think- I think right now the most mysterious one is the latest one is the broad spectrum. Hmm. And there, th- I have customers say, well, how, how can I tell if this is a broad spectrum or a full spectrum or what is this? So, I mean, that's going to go into how many cannabinoids you're seeing. Um, Generally, when you're talking about broad-spectrum products or full-spectrum products, there is an array of the minor cannabinoids present, as well as just CBD. And so, um, you know, with those products, again, you're looking at those compounds that it's testing. The more compounds that it has, there are beneficial properties to each of those. Um, And so, you know, Desert Valley actually provides some documentation on our website um, for terpene benefits as well as cannabinoid benefits. And it's available, you know, as a PDF form that you can just kind of look at. And we break down some of the additional medicinal properties that um, have been found to link up with some of these things. And so when you're talking about broad spectrum and full spectrum versus an isolate, it just kind of depends on what you're looking for in your product. Um, There is a place for both, I feel, in the industry. Um, It it just depends on what you need. Some people don't want the extra cannabinoids. Right. And then that's where a lot of my customers, the ones that are really concerned with THC will say, Mm -hmm. okay, if I'm going on this test result, where am I making sure that that's not present in what I'm buying? And so I, you know, I 
try and say you need to look at the THC part of the results and make sure that there's, you know, none detected or it's zero or whatever the lab would say, right? Right, right. And so there is something, you know, there are several compounds that kind of go into that THC factor. Um, you know, within the past couple years, we've added Delta-8 onto our testing. Um, recently, we've had people asking for Delta-10, which is a new guy that's coming out. And so, um, you know, I think looking at it as a whole, um, us specifically on our test results, we do break down the THC portion and the CBD portion separately. And so that actually seems to help a little bit more with the differentiation between those. Um, a lot of people have actually asked the same question in terms of drug tests or, you know, they're, they're very concerned about that aspect. And what it comes down to is the whatever drug testing is going on, it could be looking for THC specifically or it could be looking for all cannabinoids. That That is something right. to keep in mind. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. We are going to take a sponsor break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to look into the future of testing. All right. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Live authentically. Heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com you are tuned in to the cbd ed show if you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program please send an email to info at canafil.com that's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L dot com. Now, back to the CBD Ed Show. All right. Welcome back, listeners. Okay. I'm starting to feel quite educated on this C of A thing. Yes, you yes. You guys are doing a good job. Uh, listeners, let's continue. I wanted to share what I thought was important and, and a compliment to Erin and her team. I think that the... the the value of testing, especially testing centers who are compliant, tight, and proud 
of, w- of what they have accomplished over the years, they literally affect from, from seed all the way to end user. So the process I like the best is when I go to a grower and he does a test before his product goes to the extracting facility. And then that test follows to the extracting facility and that facility has maybe one or two or even three different times where they will test it again so that they can you know, check in on their process throughout you know, and make sure everything is tight. But in, there you go, now you've got f- up to four tests and then it comes to the manufacturer and they also might test up to twice the beginning batch and then maybe midway through their uh, their, their, their processes if you know they get a new batch of bottles or something like that and they need to test. So the, the testing, uh, it's, it's extremely complicated and very, and very in-depth at the testing space. How many different touch points you guys are involved in and it's impressive and it's great and I think when the standards roll out, people like Desert Valley, teams like Desert Valley Testing will be the one to, to uh, uh, lead as an example of how to do it well. Uh, and that is an opinion. I've watched them for you know at least four years. Uh, let's move into a little bit on the, on the future. So we know that there is going to be some standards and I believe that they'll be divided between federal and state. Erin, can you speak on this, what you see in the near future? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, when it comes to FDA compliance and CBD, there are still a lot of unknowns. Um, What we do know from them is that research is starting, but what we're going to look for at the end consumer, I really see state regulations coming before any federal regulations in terms of CBD or cannabis-derived products, period. Um, And so, you know, with that, we know that the research is happening, but I'm sure... I'm sure that very, very quickly down the pipeline, you'll see states figuring out how to regulate a little bit more than what's going on right now. Okay. And I try not to be ever political on this show, but I'm wondering if that's the federal putting it in the hands of the state to both learn from it uh, and kind of observe and see, you know, if they need to step in or, you know, and then come in with a, a federal rule or regulation or standard. Um, Right. I, you know, I think that it is kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier um, with that line of CBD being a pharmaceutical type or if it is outside that realm. And I think that that without the research backing it is where we still see some undecidedness. Yes. Um, I, I, I agree. Do you believe that the ballot, uh, the November ballot this year? will have an impact? <laughs> I mean, it's silly to ask it that way. <laughs> what impacts do you believe uh, will happen if uh, recreational marijuana use gets passed? Um, well, I, I, that impacts a lot. I mean, I see uh, it, yeah. Mostly it impacts the end consumer. Um, you know, in terms of how things will roll down, you'll still see things figuring their way out even a year after we pass it um, for things to actually go into place. And so once it passes, that's not really even what's going to happen. That's just we got our foot in the door and we have this opportunity. Now we're going to figure out how to regulate and implement everything going forward. Um, You know, for the end consumer, when it goes recreational, it it does become more expensive. That, That is what it is, but it is also regulated more. And so... 
you know, you are sacrificing a little bit more money for quality that you're going to get. Yeah, and I see a couple of different things too. I I see once uh, recreational use is passed, uh, the concerns about testing for THC, that will work itself out so much better than it is right now. Uh, It will likely be treated uh, like alcohol. You can have alcohol in your system, but don't be operating a vehicle if you're drunk or be at work while you're drunk. Uh, So I think that'll shake out. I also believe that the requirements that will be pushed down either by state or federal to the manufacturers and the testing facilities will increase the price because the ones who are willing to pay for that were already willing to be transparent Mm -hmm. and produce a quality product. Those who cannot or will not, they're just going to fall away. This is absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, you know, from just the regulations that we see on the cannabis side of things in Arizona, those regulations are hitting in November where everyone has to test. So this past year, Desert Valley internally has been tightening up a lot of things. Part of that is increasing our standards tenfold. We are going to be purchasing 10 times as much standard reference material as we would be in years previous. And so that's where, you know, on the end consumer, that's where that price is coming from. It's not necessarily because all of a sudden people just want to charge you more. It's because along with those regulations, there's now the safety and all of those other aspects that are taking care of a consumer. Um, You know, when you're talking about FDA and compliance and things like that, if there is a bad batch of Advil, it gets pulled from the shelf. And so with regulations, you would also see that quality in this industry as well. Mm. And I and reference, go ahead and reference Advil. One of the benefits to the consumer is the bottle of Advil you buy today should have the exact same effect as the bottle you're going to buy next month. Yes. And that is what's not present in CBD. Uh, in the CBD space right now. And Joe, uh, for all you listeners, just think of uh, the how wonderful that will be to literally experience CBD for what it's really capable of doing, knowing that the standards have been put in place and the product you have actually has what is on the label. Right. I can't, here's another nightmare. I can't even tell you how many times I have had people that don't necessarily think that it works and come to find out that it's just a product that didn't have any CBD in it, any. Yes. We do, we yes. try to talk on that a lot. Crazy. I, I hate <laughs> yeah. that because what happens then is that person now believes that CBD is not any good, mm-hmm. will not be participating or contributing to the protection of this plant, nor will it contribute to FDA going, you guys are doing a good job, let me just let you keep going. You right. know, so we need, we need our consumers to be happy, content, and and trust in us manufacturers when it comes to these CBD products because that's the way through. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I have I, I have many customers that say, "Oh, I, I bought this four thousand milligram bottle of CBD from Amazon or wherever they got it, and I didn't feel anything." And I said, "Well, that's probably because there's no CBD in there." Yeah. And they're not even allowed to sell CBD on Amazon. It says it right here. It's it's a bottle of hemp oil. <laughs> um, 
and they just don't understand. They really don't because it's, you know, got all these wonderful things, helps with this, cures that, does all this. And, and, and I say, here, come here, get a CBD product that has actual CBD in it. And there, and then if they will, then they'll come back and say, okay, yes, now I believe in CBD. But there's so many people out there that are like, I'm going to try it. It didn't work. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not for me. It just didn't work for me. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Right. Well, so. I can assure you that a gas station attendant is not going to be able to provide you a certificate of analysis on the CBD that you purchase. Right. Yes, definitely. I don't Ask even know. to see test results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I, and let's just say, say that again. Ask to see test results. It's not difficult, and if you're in a CBD store, they should have yeah. the test results available there. I made a notebook. Here's all of them. You can yeah. pick any product in the store. Here's a test. Yeah, result. as a manufacturer, as a manufacturer who spends money on tests, like, oh my God, please, please ask me for my test. Yeah, I hate the idea that I spent all that and they're just sitting there. So please ask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, cool stuff that's coming. Very cool stuff. All right. Now, cool stuff could be your technologies within your space inside testing, but I'm sure you're also aware of uh, plant engineering that's going on. You know, you're probably right in the front of that. Gosh. Um, You know, I have minimal exposure to a maximum amount of things that are going on. Wow. Um, Okay. I get it. (laughs) So, you know, one of the things that I loved, and especially if you are a knowledge learner like me, I just want to absorb everything that I can. Um, Taking a look at some of these conventions and things that are going on, and specifically right now, a lot of them are available online for extra technologies that are happening. I think, you know, a really cool portion of it is the production aspect. I think that is kind of shocking more to me because it's not something that I see every day, which I'm sure, you know, I walk into the lab every day and I'm like, cool, a triple quadruple. Awesome. (laughs) And you're like, whoa, look at that thing. It's like worth a million dollars. Wow. Um, And that's how I feel about some of these other uh, process things. And so uh, one of my favorite things to do in the industry is actually just be able to connect with some of the clients that I have to see those, um, you know, production methods and how their operations are. I think that it helps me uh, in the long run, just being able to provide uh, a more rounded service in the lab area. Great idea. Great idea. Okay, listeners, that is our show for today. We're going to have to start wrapping this up. So I would first like to thank Erin with Desert Valley Testing for sharing her knowledge, her thoughts with you listeners today. That was awesome. Erin, thank you. Thank you. You yes. guys, it was so great to be here. Mm-hmm. Kimberly, you did such a great job (laughs) taking the role as the end consumer today, and I'm very appreciative. I know our listeners got a lot of value from that, so thank you from that, too. And thank you, listeners. Remember, becoming an educated consumer of CBD is the best way to protect this plant. And I've shared with it before. Who are we protecting it from? We're protecting it from big corporate uh, big pharma, big federal, but you know we're pre- we need to hold on to this plant. I don't want it to land in just pharmacies' hands only. So I will continue to do this. I will continue to provide you with knowledge in the CBD market, so that you can make good decisions. So this is Ed with the CBD Ed Show, and we're signing off. And here we are raising your potential. 
Bye. Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Edward Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be here soon.